Hey, welcome to the Guilt, Grace, Gratitude podcast. This is Peter Bell. I'm here on behalf of Nick Fulweiler as well. And this is our first episode of Catechism Thursdays, going through the Heidelberg Catechism. If you guys want a little bit of background on this, uh, if you want to look at last Thursday, we provided some historical background, some biblical background on why we are producing this podcast series for you on top of our Monday longer form podcast. And today is a really cool episode. It's Lord's Day one for the Heidelberg Catechism. And it corresponds with what we actually just produced this past Monday on the law. So we're gonna talk about comfort and the threefold categories that the Heidelberg Catechism uses and that we use as our preaching, that we use in our church services, uh, that really are fundamental for the Reformed faith. So let's get this started. Lord's Day 1, question 1. What is your only comfort in life and death? That I am not my own, but belong with body and soul, both in life and in death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood, and has set me free from all the power of the devil. He also preserves me in such a way that without the will of my heavenly Father, not a hair can fall from my head. Indeed, all things must work together for my salvation. Therefore, by his Holy Spirit, he reassures me of eternal life and makes me heartily willing and ready from now on to live for him. That's a great first question and answer. If you guys also notice as well, the Trinity that we've talked about in the past week or so, our past few weeks, is talked about in this catechism, the Christ, the Father, and the Spirit. So the Trinity is crucial for understanding of theology, for understanding of the law and the gospel and our comfort. So this first question revolves around comfort. And so what I want to ask too is I'm going to follow the author's own commentary on his own catechism, which is crazy, but he provided his own commentary, his own explanation for his catechism. This is Zacharias Ursinus, his own commentary on his catechism. So he asked this question, why is comfort treated first? And he says, because it is the very foundation of the Heidelberg catechism, absolutely everything else flows from this. And this is because we are engrafted, we are put into Christ by faith. Through him we are reconciled to and loved by God and saved eternally. And then the next question he asks is, what is comfort? It consists in the assurance of free remission of sin, so our sin is gone, reconciliation with God by and because of Christ, expectation of eternal life and loving of the gospel through the Holy Spirit. And he references Romans 8, 35, which is Paul's doxology. He's saying, what can separate us from the love of God in Christ? Then he asks, what does comfort consist of? First, reconciliation with God through Christ, which makes us sons and daughters with Christ of the Father. Two, because of the blood of Christ. Three, deliverance from ultimate consequence 
of sin and death, separation from our Father. Four, our preservation of our deliverance because of and in Christ's purchase. It is a perfect purchase. Nothing's left out. Five, the progressive death of our sin in this life. And theologians will call this the mortification of our sin, which leads to the vivification of our righteousness. Just means killing our sin daily, done through the Spirit, and bringing through righteousness. Again, only done through the Spirit. And six, full assurance because of Christ's obedience on our behalf as perfect. And so here are a lot of repeating in this, but that is because the gospel is the only repeatable thing in our life. It is the only thing that gives us this comfort. And we didn't, I need to know, we need to know this comfort daily. Now, why does he only speak of comfort in this first question? Number one is because this comfort never fails. And number two, it remains unshaken. And don't think of this as our own subjective experience of comfort, how we feel about comfort. It is who is the object who gives us this comfort. And it's because he never fails and he remains unshaken. So his love, his obedience, his union with us, that is what remains unshaken. We can answer all the assaults of Satan in the positive. So we can actually say, yes, I am a great sinner. Yes, I do fail every day. Not, don't say these things to me, Satan. It is, yes, these are very true of me and even more than you think of. But even though we are terrible sinners, we have a perfect Savior who is our righteousness. No matter the weakness of our faith, we are comforted in this great Savior. It is not the quantity of our faith. It is the quality of the one we have faith in. And lastly, why is this comfort necessary? Because it's the outgrowth of our salvation in Christ, number one. This is what comes from the salvation of Christ. And number two, we can now glorify and praise our Savior because of his work. And this leads us to question number two. What do you need to know in order to live and die in the joy of this comfort? Then he answers, first, how great my sins and misery are. Second, how, my, how I am delivered from all my sins and misery. Third, how I am to be thankful to God for such deliverance. It's really cool how after talking about comfort, he logically explains what comes after this comfort. This whole catechism, which is why I love this catechism and why I'm part of the Reformed Church, why my wife and I are part of the Reformed Church, is the consistency, the repeatability, and the comfort and the assurance that comes from Christ's death and resurrection, his finished work. And so Zacharias Ursinus comments on question number two. He starts by saying, This question contains the statement and division of the entirety of the catechism and division between the law and gospel, which is found only in the scriptures. And so I can reference this past Monday's episode on the law if you guys want a fuller, deeper dive into what the law is in the Reformed faith. And it's not something we keep, it's something that's kept for us. And then he comments on why this is so crucial for sinners like us 
who've been uh, obeyed for to be believers to know. So why is misery, which he said is also the same thing as sinfulness, why is this necessary for our comfort? Ursinus says, number one, it excites the desire for deliverance. It's like knowing that you have a disease awakens the desire for medication. If you don't know you have a disease, what is your desire for a medication going to be? There's going to be no desire. If you don't know you have a problem, you will not look for a solution. We have a great problem. We need a great solution. Number two, that we may be thankful to God for our deliverance. And three, without a knowledge of sinfulness, our security in the gospel is unstable. And that's because we know how great sinner we are, and we know how great a savior he is. Without sin, there's nothing to be saved from. And it's, it's a strange thing to be given an antidote, a vaccine for a disease we don't know that we have. Then he asks next, why is deliverance or salvation necessary for our comfort? He says, number one, so we don't despair. Because if we are only given the disease without any form of grace, without any form of solution, all we can do is despair. Number two, that we desire deliverance. Because we have this great need, we have this great desire. For deliverance. Number three, so that it may comfort us. Number four, that we don't go looking for other saviors. And this one is crucial. We needed to know that there is only one solution for the big problem that we all have. And we need someone who's obeyed the law, who's lived righteously and perfectly under the law. That is the only thing that gives us his righteousness because we have no righteousness. We can't fulfill any bit of the law, not even with help, it has to be done for us. And we can't look for other saviors because only one has done it. Number five, we receive it by faith alone. That is it. There's nothing we do. It is simply by proclaiming with our mouth and believing with our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. And number six, that we be thankful to God alone. God is the one who's provided this solution. Therefore, only God is to be thanked above all. We can't thank ourselves if we're not the ones who are providing this solution, who are providing this deliverance. And then lastly, or second to last, why is gratitude necessary to our comfort? First, God grants deliverance only to those who will be grateful. And it's not because you're grateful, he will give deliverance. It is because of his deliverance, you will be grateful. Number two, we return our gratitude in a way that is prescribed by his word. And again, as Reformed believers, under this catechism is all we do in worship, in deed, in preaching, in life is prescribed by the word. The word tells us what to do. Number three, that we treat our fellow neighbor well as a result of a relationship with God. So because we have this vertical relationship be between us and our sovereign God, we now can have that ability, that power, that gratefulness to start working on those horizontal relationships between us and our fellow man, between our wife, between our husband, parents, kids, coworkers, uh, anybody that you come in contact with because we've been reconciled to the 
one we need most reconciliation to, ultimate reconciliation, we can now come to our fellow sinners and saints and reconcile with them as well. Number four, that our faith and comfort may be increased. So because we have this gratitude, this great, great gratitude after this great sin has been forgiven us, our faith and our comfort will be increased as well. That's question one asked. And then lastly, why must this specific order be taught? So why from guilt under the law leading to sin, knowledge of sin, grace of Christ in obeying on our behalf, and gratitude, our grateful response to his sacrifice. Why must this order be taught this way? And this is very particular to the Reformed Church. Ursinus says, It is in this way that God teaches, through the revelation and knowledge of his word, that he awakens, increases, and confirms in us true gratitude. So it's not just hyping us up. It's not just playing loud music that increases our faith. It is consistently driving in the law, the misery of our sin, so that, and that doesn't end there, so that the grace of Christ's obedience, his salvation, his redeeming work on our behalf will always and forever increase our gratitude. We need a greater and greater sense of our sinfulness because that leads to a greater and greater sense of our gratitude because of Christ. So all those three things, and if you guys think about it too, that's the name of our podcast, Guilt, Grace, Gratitude. That is the way we see the scripture. That is how this catechism is structured. I hope this has been a comfort for you. This has been a huge comfort for me and a lot of people that I know coming out of the evangelical church and going into the Reformed church and being reminded daily, weekly, monthly of the gospel coming out restful instead of being told to do. So we hope you guys tune in next week. Please rate us on iTunes or Spotify or any one of those podcast apps that you guys have. Share us with your friends. Uh, we'd love solid theological content that's centered on the church to be spread out to as many people as possible. Uh, and the only way we can do that is the more ratings we have and the more positive ratings we have, the better. Follow us on Instagram, email us. If you guys have any questions um we are here to be of service so we will see you guys next week with lord's day number two